52. We've made it to 52. Hallelujah, guys. It's been a hell of a ride. Thank you for coming along on this episode of the podcast. I had Jim, a.k.a. Runt, the lyricist of Javin Scientist. Great conversation. Great guy. Real cool little backstory he gave us in the beginning. And then, like, we got into, like, his new project and everything. And, you know, just a couple, like, little bit of techniques and advice. Or at least, yeah, advice on, like, what he did to get to where he is now. Real great guy. Cool conversation. There's uh, quick announcements at the end of the podcast. So, yeah. Here's a podcast, guys. Thank you. Hello, everyone. This is another episode of Cells Talking. Today, I have Jim, a.k.a. Runt. Correct? Boom. All those things, yeah. Beautiful. How you doing, man? Good, man. How about yourself? I'm, 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 good. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's been... Uh, it's been an interesting little day. It's been a simple day, but with its ups and downs, as I guess most have. <laughs> all, all being at work? I mean... Oh, uh, no, nah, there's some personal stuff Everything in there. else, yeah. yeah. <laughs> some personal stuff in there. Um, right off the bat, um, what's your first memory, dude? First memory? Yeah. My first memory probably uh, is me sitting in the back of my parents' car in Hartshorn, Oklahoma. That's where I'm from. Okay. It was a Honda Civic, and I remember shoving my, there was these, where these seats were, mm-hmm. there were these little holes in the side, and it's where you would like, the, it's where the seat belts would come out of, mm. and I used to love to shove my toys down in the hole, so I would just shove G.I. Joes and different shit, that yeah, was yeah, like yeah. a cave type thing, <laughs> so I'd shove these G.I. Joes and stuff down in there, and then, uh-huh. uh, I'd pull them out, but I'd, I'd have to, like, shove my arm all the way in there. And my mom just, like, yelling at me to get my arms out of the chair, you know? Right, right. Know. That's literally the earliest memory I have. It's either that or sitting under a table. I remember sitting under a table at my grandmother's house. Wow. Playing with toys while there was a lot of things going on around me. But right. I, was, I was, like, a quiet kind of kid. Right, right. So, How old do you think? Ah, oh, that stuff had to have been at least three or four. Right. Somewhere around there, right. I think. Good. Yeah. Most people, like, I feel like, from what I've gathered, it's like, they remember maybe around five, maybe four. It, you, 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 you. Mine had to be smaller. See, so I moved when I was in first grade, uh, and it okay. was a real life-changing experience. Okay. But I think that um, because of that, I think it made me, mm-hmm. like, remember all of the things that were my first early years oh. a bit more so than if I wouldn't have moved. That's interesting. Because I hugged on to those moments, you know right. what I mean? Because I was in a new environment, so all I had to go back to was those. So I think it reinforced me to remember those early childhood moments. Why was it so. such an experience to move, just because it was it was into a new place? Uh, no, so I moved from, like I said, I moved from Oklahoma, uh, which Native Americans are very integrated in Oklahoma. Like, oh. we worked at a place, my mom worked at a place that was a BIA school out there, so it was like a lot of... Uh, the tribes out there, like, you can't really tell the difference. Like, right. It's not as segregated in that sense. Mm. So I moved from that to Gallup, New Mexico, which is right in the middle of the Navajo Reservation. Right. And that particular tribe is very much, I mean, it's very uh, very obvious who's Navajo and who's not Navajo. Uh, mm. And so that, that dynamic for me, I basically moved to a place where I was a minority to an extent of, like, the only white kid getting on the bus type thing. And, like, wow. just completely submersed in you know in a native culture like right. a, a culture that i had no understanding you know of whatsoever yeah. so i think that was really dramatic for me like yeah. to be at that age and be so young you know so interesting how was how was that did you 
it was wild, man. Yeah. It was, uh, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm grateful that I got to grow up in that environment for sure because mm-hmm. it taught me a lot of things. You know, I think that I, I, I mean, straight up, I would have been a different kind of person. I definitely would have been a little more ignorant if I would have stayed where I'm from. Right, of course. I think that I, would, I definitely would have been a racist. I know that. Like, just wow. because, because of where that place is, you know, not mm-hmm. that I was raised like that or anything like that, but just like. It's in the, in the surroundings. Yeah, you know, and I feel like if you're. Mm-hmm. Like, for me, I was put into a situation where, like, that was an issue for me. Like, me being white was an issue, you know? And mm. I think seeing that in the reverse as a young child, I think really kind of early on teaches you that, you know, people are people and, like, it's important to address things like that. And right. so, I don't know. I, th- I think it was an issue that, that started, you know, as something that I think was traumatizing for me at so such a young age. Right. But I think as far as like the grand scheme of things, it taught me a lot about people and diversity right. and like, you know, kind of just being a human being and the importance of that. Of for course. Sure. Yeah. Wow. So pretty wild. It was a really weird. That's such a trip. Kind of thing. Yeah. How long did you stay in New Mexico? We were there until I graduated. So up until I was 18. I moved, I moved to Tucson when I was 18. Bam, bam. We got, <laughs> we got, we got open the door. And we're back. Um, Boom. So, 18, you came to Tucson. Yeah, 18, moved to Tucson. Why? School? My, uh, no, my brother lived down there. So I graduated. I'm, I'm, I haven't really been a very studious or, I don't know, you call academic type person. Okay. Uh, Me so, It's okay. Yeah, it, just, it wasn't my steez. <laughs> yeah. And so the, I've been doing music for a long time. I've been doing music since I was like 12 or 13. Oh, really? And What got you into it? I just, we, I just, we used to travel uh, to... So when we originally started, my brother was a DJ. So we would do house parties and stuff. That's kind of how we got started. Wow. And this is, I'm 34, so this is quite a long time ago. But the, <laughs> so the, he would do these house parties and I was always go and me and Finn would always go. We we're best friends since we were kids. We'd always go and help wow. him out. Or like, we'd be the guys that carried the speakers and set them up. Or right. you know, then we started doing, we do house parties and we started doing dances. And at the time, um, I was like crazy into hip hop and like I'd always kind of rapped a little bit. And mm. then. We started going to the, doing these big b-boy jams like all over the southwest so like wow. i go to these jams and i couldn't i wasn't good at dancing right i wasn't good at a you know graffiti or art visual art mm-hmm. i couldn't really dj you know yeah uh and i definitely found like i could rap so like that mm. kind of turned into like what i would do so i would go to these places flagstaff or albuquerque you know yeah. what i mean and, like go to these like battles that they would have and then i'd be outside ciphering or like rapping with people wow uh, i mean that's i did that since i was young so that that was like oh, my interest in it yeah thing, just find curiosity that brought you into it yeah and, and right. i just loved it i grew up listening to it you know of course and then when i was in um definitely when when i was in high school it became something that i thought about like i wanted to do i wanted to make like an actual like rap album type thing, you know. In high school. And yeah, so in high school, that was the first album that we put out. Uh, we put out when I was a junior in high school. Right. So Finn and got wow. a computer, and we just got a copy. There used to be this program called Acid you could get for like ten dollars, and it was right. unlimited tracking, and you could basically just like make wow. a whole album on this thing. Um. So we did that my junior year, our senior year. We gave all these albums out for free. So I would I just got known as a guy that was just going make, around giving these rap music. albums out. Yeah. 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 Wow. So that was kind of like my high school situation. So once, once how, I got done with that, how was that being the person in high school to be giving out rap music? It was cool, man. I was. It was definitely like where I'm from. It was yeah. I, you know, I was the only person doing that kind of thing. I bet. Or taking it that far, you know. Right. Me and Phil were like the only guys. But I was always known as that guy. Like there was always there would always be somebody in junior high or high school, and they'd be like, 
you know, Joe can rap really well. He could beat you anytime. And I'd, I was always the guy that was like, all right, well, let's do that, like, after this class. And oh. So we'd be in the hallways, like, freestyling with each other. And, like, it was very popular to, like, do that stuff when I was coming up. Yeah. Um, but uh, so whenever we would do that, that, you know, that would lead to us having this battle. And then it was just, like, people just kind of knew me as being that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was constantly always in the scenario, like, rapping on stuff or, like, uh-huh doing those things and then pe- that's just how people like knew me like Entirely. at that point so yeah I don't know it, it was you made a name for yourself it was life. cool you know <laughs> yeah yeah it, it was that right at the time whenever just like being that was kind of corny slash uh, it walked the line which I still feel like it always does you know what do you mean just you know the, there's this there's this thing like when you tell people like what you do you know? <laughs> like, and I'm sure you know if you tell somebody like hey I'm a podcaster right there's, a, <laughs> there's all these things that follow it you know right. like their thought process so, like, <laughs> that's always been the same with like yeah. the, you know the aspect of rapping and stuff right, like that. Right, it's right. always like this idea of you know whenever people knew me as that thing they'll, 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 they'll throw out their assumptions yeah there's like all these other things like that. so I think like for right. me Especially then, you know, it was at a time like pre-Eminem, you know, like, yeah. and, and so kind of being that dynamic or being that kind of person then was like different, you know, and and, right. and I think that right whenever that all took hold, I spent the rest of my time creatively being compared to that thing, you know, right. I mean? so it was just kind of like a really weird, it was a strange time. It was good, yeah. but I mean that, so that was high school for me. Yeah. Which led to, you know, to answer the question, sorry to stream off, but to answer no, the question, no, no. like going, coming to Tucson was, mm-hmm. my brother was a DJ down there. So mm. he, you know, I could either try to go to college, which I wasn't, had no interest in doing. Right. Or I could move to where my brother was and just figure out how to survive, you know, and like start and pursue music. Of course. Um, so that's what we did. I just came down here and wow. just started making music. You know, that was kind of the whole goal. That's so cool. Yeah. Uh, how many siblings do you have? Just one brother? Um, so I have an older brother, and then I have an older stepsister. Oh, okay. Um, and she's she's quite a bit older, um, and she lives in Missouri. And my brother lives in Oklahoma now. He's oh. he's moved back there, but yeah. Wow. Is, so. he, is he not doing any DJs no more? Uh, he's, he's still DJs, but yeah. just more like party rock stuff, just like on to get paid. Like he'll go do gigs at a club out there. Right, right. Yeah. Um, he's definitely a family man. He's like settled down you know? Oh, wow. Okay. So, That's but. so, uh, what a, what, what a turn. So, how has Tucson been for you? Because you've been here now, what, most of your life, currently, yeah, right? Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. Uh, Tucson's my home, man. I think that I, I think moving around a lot and living in the places that I've lived, that, you know, I've never felt so endeared to places I felt whenever I moved here. Mm. And I definitely, I even moved away at some point to help with some family stuff. I went to Oklahoma. And, right. And I uh, did that for about a year. And, like, this is the place that I, like, thought, you know, I could have moved anywhere else after that. I could have right. gone to chicago or you know wherever yeah 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 but i wanted to come back here like there was something about this place that was important to me something drew to it well do you yeah could you articulate it or um you know i I think it's just it's a place where if if you want to create whatever it is if you want to create you can do it here with freedom and there's not an expectation to it and i think that that's always been the draw for me that wow i could put out whatever i want to put out whether it's music or you know if i was a painter i could paint whatever i wanted to paint and i don't think i could put a i don't do country music i could do a country music (laughs) album tomorrow you know right and tucson wouldn't be like what is this right it's just never like oh yeah something new that's what they're doing yeah (laughs) you know wow i think there's freedom in that that's cool yeah any place else that you live i think that there's an expectation or 
a certain way that you need to be mm. and here is not that here's not that that's interesting you know it's been like that since you yeah since you first came yeah and i think i definitely i've, I've spent my entire time here trying to find my voice right you know in that i don't think i could have done it as effectively anywhere else i think that being here allowed me to find that without influence uh, wow. that would have that would have steered it in a direction that wasn't like yeah organic yeah, yeah you yeah. know and i think that that's the whole draw to being here is that i was able to find what i thought or what i feel to be is my actual artistic voice yeah. because of i was in an environment that cultivated its growth if that makes sense so I don't think I could have done that anywhere else. I think that here was the spot for me to do that, for sure. That's so cool. That's yeah. so cool. And I, I like that uh, Tucson ended up being your place. Uh, I always have an affinity towards this place. I, yeah. I mean, born and raised here, there was something. And maybe I didn't notice it in high school. But, but that, that's how that goes, though. Yeah, you, right. You don't. You, you yeah. know, you're not supposed to. You know. I guess not. Yeah. I mean, that's the same thing. Like, for me, if I go back, like, New Mexico is absolutely breathtaking. Like, mm. there's so many aspects of it that are so wonderful. And when I was there... I hated it. Right. You know, because <laughs> I was a kid. <laughs> just being a kid, you know. Uh, fucking kid tendencies, man. Yeah. It seemed to get in the way a lot of things. Freaking, um, that's cool, though. I like that. I like that Tucson did end up being your spot. So how many, you have what? You've made four projects, five projects here? So I have a l 10 projects. You've made 10 projects. I have, yeah, my catalog consists of 10 full, complete albums that we put out. Yeah. Really? I'm guessing they're not on like uh, on Spotify. Or? There is six. I think there's six or seven on Spotify. Okay. Uh, but there. So I've got our projects. Is I think there's four of our personal projects. Mm -hmm. I have two albums that we produced, recorded, um, and I wrote in entirety that were done with other producers. Oh, okay. So those are under different names. So like it's all us and somebody. So like one mm -hmm. is. Um, us, it's Javin Scientist and Deface Property, which mm. is a guy from here, and I did that a while back, and then that was a whole project called Autumn. So if you go to look for it, it's under a different thing. Right. So it kind right, of leads right. to it being hard to find. The other one was a group, another group that I have called Self Help, and it's me and this rapper from Oklahoma, and we put out a project. Oh, nice. um, so it's still Javin Scientist and 8-Bit Cynics as Self Help. Right. But there's a lot of things whenever you go to list those your music online yeah. that if you're not aware of will separate your stuff and i did i you know I, I didn't know that early on these are way back and this is really before spotify really was a thing right. you know streaming music wasn't a real this thing all, like yeah. came into your so how have you seen the music industry change since i guess you started even making music at least uh, from, your, in, on, in, from your perspective yeah man it's i mean it's night and day dude it, it, it's been interesting to kind of watch because it went from so to put it into perspective the first things that i recorded was on a actual tape cassette tape four track wow. so these are machines <laughs> right and you yeah. you only have four tracks right and that just means you can only record four things and so if you want to do a band demo everyone has to play there's one mic line in there's one drum line in that mm. are mic'd up you know what i mean it's like very and you had to work with that. So back then you used to bounce tracks. So what you do is record everything onto one of those tracks, throw it all back over to another, and then start adding on top of that. Wow. Like just really primitive, yeah. you know what I mean, like recording materials. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and now, you know, now I sit here in my living room and I can record, I could record a full album, you know, and not have 
any of those limitations that were previously there. Right. So, I mean, just in the technology aspect of it by itself, it's like... It's opened up. Completely different, you know. Do you um, think that... Has that hindered you or has that helped? Some people like I think it's helped. No, no, it's totally helped. I think yeah. that it, it made things... Um, it, made th- it made it possible for everyone to create. Yeah. I, it's a double-edged sword because I feel like, at the, you know, at the same time, it used to be that if you were recording in an actual studio, yeah. you had done a lot of work to get there you know in one way or another you had talked to the right people you really put forth effort and you proved to somebody you were worth them wasting their time on you you there's that uh but at the same time like you know there's a lot of that got in the way of a lot of things you know that that hindered a lot of people from making things yeah so i think you know for for me personally it's it's been super fruitful you know I, i definitely wouldn't have been able to be doing it as long as I have if that wasn't the case. Yeah. Because, I mean, right now we're, I've been doing stuff for almost, almost 20 years, you know, wow. and uh, I, I don't think that I would have been, I have a bigger following now than I've ever had. Do you know what I mean? Wow. My income from doing music is bigger now than it's ever been. And wow. the, the funny thing is, is it's, it, you know, I'm doing less now than I've ever done before. <laughs> so it's a really weird. <laughs> and less in like work. Work, out, promotion. Output, yeah, yeah. I mean, promotion and promotion. output. Right. I see. There's a benefit to like for me. Whenever we were coming up, I, mm-hmm. I knew this was going to happen because everybody that was anybody that I talked to knew it was going to happen. You know, right. everybody was saying that you know the, the 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 music industry or this physical art of selling stuff and going on tour. They were saying all that was going to change. Wow. And very early on, I had the intuition to listen to those people and. To start planning myself in a position that if that did take off, it would be beneficial. So nice. it was just little things that we did, but things like mm-hmm. right when Pandora came out, mm-hmm. uh, before anyone even knew what it was, I had submitted to it. And it used to be this, and it still is, but it was this very hard process to get submitted. Really? And it was people like you and me sitting at a desk going through CDs. You had to physically mail in a CD. Oh. They would look at it, verify if they liked it or not, and then add it to their collection. Wow. So That's I, how they did it? Yeah. And so oh, you would send it and you wouldn't hear back for like seven, eight months, whether you got submitted or not. So I did that. As soon as Pandora came out, I submitted two of our albums right away. Right. They both got picked. And Pandora, the way that algorithm works is it's like this umbrella situation, right? So uh-huh. there's country music, there's rock, and there's rap, right? Right. And so when you get, when if you got submitted early on, you right. just got thrown into one of those pools. So what happened is, is we just got thrown into the rap pool. Right. So it was, if you went and listened to any rap artist, we you might get played. Up. Yeah. Ah. So as that expanded, we still stay in this top tier as it breaks down and it gets subgenred. Wow. So Pandora was huge for us. So it was a really big you break You showed for them us. the Pandora yeah. wave. That's so yeah. smart. And that ended up being, uh, you know, not not so much royalty payments because the royalty payments are nothing from them, mm-hmm. but it ended up being... Exposure. Yeah, mass exposure into places we never would have hit. And it still hits. You know, it's still constantly, like, something that comes up. And right. what happened is as time went on, I had all my distribution and royalty stuff into place so that if it ever did reach any kind of popularity, I would gain from that. Nice. And as it went on, you know, things like Spotify and iTunes started taking over how people listen to stuff. Right. But it's super interesting because, you know, back in, when I got started, the first tour that we went on, like when I was a kid, we just we bought a van, and we would buy CDs, 
and I'd quit whatever crummy job I had. And mm-hmm. we'd just leave and go on the road for like two months. Nice. And sell CDs. And I could make it work. Right. Like I, I could hustle up enough money to, to get to the next city, put gas in the car, and do everything. Wow. As time went on, you know, all that changed. You know, it was, you know, it was unrealistic to take a van out because of gas prices at shop. And then it turned into, you know, it was hard to sell stuff, you know, because people didn't want to buy CDs anymore. Right. And so, I mean, the last time I really went on tour, we only went for like a week, but I went and I couldn't sell CDs, you know, and this is a major part of my income, you know, when I'm on the road. Yeah, because shows don't pay. Like we don't, you know, we don't get paid off of shows because we don't have a big name. So right. it's like it's always a thing of that. So I think that changed because when I started, there was, you know, I'd gone out for three months at one point and paid for the whole thing, you know. And now that sounds impossible to do, like yeah. with, with a van full of fifteen people. Right. You know what I mean? Damn. So it's just like <laughs> so that sounds. It's very different. Yeah. For sure. That's so. So it prevented the physical movement of the artist. But it allowed more ears to hear you. Yeah. And it, I think what it did, though, is it caused you to, if you're someone that's in my situation where you're not backed by a bunch of people or you don't have help, you know, because right. we're very, you know, Independent. do I, you know, yeah, do it yourself. And uh, that, I think that, that that's where it gets hard because if you don't have support, you have to just keep going hoping that you're making the right decisions, you know, and, but I mean, that's the game though, you know, I've, I've spent my whole, like I said, I'm I'm quite a bit older, you know, as far as being like a guy trying to be a rapper, you know what I mean? Like that's the sacrifice you make to try and get somewhere, you know? And I think that for me, it always broke down to like, you know, if I never figure it out, that's fine, but I have the information to pass on to somebody that's trying to figure it out, you know, because these are where we made mistakes and these are where we should have done things differently. You know what Mm. I mean? Like that's, kind of what that constantly breaks down to but yeah it's crazy man because i mean to be in it this long nobody's really been in it that long so like the people that i meet that talk about when they got started or where they're out i have a different perspective because i've been in it for so for so much longer right so it's just good on you yeah good on you for keeping going (laughs) you must really enjoy making the music uh you know what is it? I don't know if I do. No? I, I, honestly, <laughs> man, I don't know it? what it is. It's, it's like, uh, at some point, it becomes a part of, like, who you are, and, like, mm. you have to do it, you know? Right. It's like breathing or something. It's the same thing. It's a... It's a wow. It's, it's, it's funny to me, because I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a... I always got to be doing something. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I freak out if I don't. And mm-hmm. so, like, for me, not having a project working mm-hmm. is terrifying. I, as long as I'm in my head, I'm working on this thing. Yeah, I'm fine. You're good. You're yeah, I could not even do anything. I could spend a year not doing anything. But it's like in the I've got some. <laughs> if someone says, "What are you up to?" I'm like, oh, "I'm working on this thing." <laughs> I feel better. Right, right. You know what I mean? Right. But I mean, every time I ever release a project, I mean, the next two or three weeks, I'm just in a sheer fucking panic. You know? After like you released oh, yeah. it, just panic attack. Like oh, I don't know. God. The last album that came out, like the next, the day after it came out, I record or I. Uh, repainted my whole bathroom i ripped everything off the wall and like i just had to be occupied wow you know? what is that what it's just that i just i've spent so long i think working on things that, that that's how i am now you're just used to it yeah that's my natural state i think 
that's uh just to be thinking and working th- that's that's I, I mean that's good so it, it keeps you from just chilling out <laughs> it can be maddening though I mean, yeah some <laughs> it can also be maddening yeah but i mean it has i guess it has a benefit because then it, you like actually get stuff done i would assume unless unless it gets in the way <laughs> well it's a, it's a funny thing because you think about it and even though like even as i sit here and tell you that i have 10 albums that are out and like all right. You know, if you go online, you can find all of these things I've done. Yeah. You know, all of those supposed, like, accolades or, like, you know, things to look back on. If you're the kind of person I am, like, it doesn't, it feels like none of those things happened. I get that. You know, it's it's just, it's like, think about your fourth podcast, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you never think about it, right? Really? <laughs> and it might have been a great episode. It might have been something Probably that someone was. says, some of your best work, right? Right. But you don't think about it. No. You know, and if you if you were to sit down it's and someone like, said... Where's the next one? Yeah. And if you were to sit down true. and you were like, what what are your accomplishments? You wouldn't go episode four. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And just it's because very true. You got to feed it. Whatever that hunger is, you know, it's got to so, be to be making is important. Wow. That's, that speaks. That speaks to me deeply. Yeah, because it's not going to matter, you know. You, you right. Do, you, do, you do the 50 episodes and then next thing you know, you're trying to get to 100 and then... Yeah. And then it's like, where's a thousand? Like it, that, the making aspect doesn't quit. It's, right. It's the, it's the very process within which you get entranced with. And I think that's where people lose sight of what. For me personally, I think that that's where people lose sight of what being a maker is about. Like it's, it's about understanding that feeling mm. and what that activity is, and understanding that creating, mm. creating isn't. Creating is the goal. So that act of creating is the goal. Creating it's not the, the creation. Goal. You no, know what I'm saying? Not at all. Yeah. yeah. It's a, there's a, there's like a, uh, the, you have no right to the fruits of your labor. You only have a right to your labor. It's like a, I believe Buddhist or Hindu saying. Yeah. But, very much. Yeah. 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 So I've always, I've always sat with it. I didn't, didn't really know how to digest it, but it always felt correct. Yeah, and even with like my own experimentation of keeping like the podcast going for this, like like just this new endeavor is trying it out. Yeah, like I, I like I know I won't stop it, even though like I'm I'm gonna let go of the structure for a little bit, but I, it's not gonna end. Yeah, you're just all you're doing is allowing yourself because the thing is, is once you've done it so much, yeah, then you've got to figure out how do I improve upon this thing to. to because you can keep doing what you're doing, but right. at the same time, you're gonna get bored entirely. You know. Right. So you've got to find out how do I take this, what I've learned, uh-huh. and how do I improve upon that to take myself to another place. Right. So that maybe, I mean, the end goal is to reach some sort of enlightenment at the end of that, but in reality, that's, you're always going to be climbing the enlightenment. steps. <laughs> yeah, is the, is the move up. Yeah. You know? Uh, it never ends, huh? <laughs> that's how cool stuff happens, though. You it's know? very true. It's very true. In that madness, in that incontentment, is where you find true originality, and you'll be able to make something that's hasn't been seen or heard or done before, you know, and that's, mm. there'll be a brief moment where you realize, okay, that was good because that was mine. You know what I mean? And <laughs> right. then like, although that will fade away, it yeah. still has its, the importance of it is that you're able to contribute to the world to some degree that makes it, you know, fruitful for other people to gain that same kind of energy that pushes them to do the same kind of thing. I mean, really, of course, you know, because people listen to your podcast and, that influences them and makes them want to do their own thing. And mm. I'm sure the reason you got started is because you heard somebody else doing something and it made you yeah. think, oh, shoot, I should try to do something right. like this, you know? Yeah. So it's like that. It's this chain reaction of making and creating. And, like, 
I've always felt that's important. That's the important part. If you're inspiring other people through your work to make them that's, want to make the world better, that's what matters. Most. To doing something, yeah, right. It's your, well, it, and it's your responsibility, right? That's straight up like you by doing any kind of art. It's your responsibility to ensure that anyone that becomes infected by that mm. uh, is is doing their best to spread that infection. Right. I don't know if that makes sense or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. spreading the. Spreading the wildfires of inspiration as yeah, much as you can. Totally. So that it keeps spreading in it, itself. I like it. Yeah, because if not, I mean, you might as well just record these things and put them on your hard drive and listen to them by yourself. <laughs> right? right, yeah, entirely. It's not, yeah. It's not entirely just for me. It's, entire, it's just for every, everybody in, a, in essence. I don't want to be listening to myself. Yeah, that's right? Not, that's not too much fun. <laughs> but then, I mean, there's a weird thing to that, too, that same token. Like, I mm-hmm. I could really respect an artist that was just doing that. Like, there's got to be in the history of the world some artist that's... Just making... The food. most amazing, like, violinist you've ever heard, right? right? And this guy just records. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Saves it on his hard drive, goes to work. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, there's it's, a really cool author, and I can't think of his name off the top of my head, but he wrote Confederates confederacy of dunces uh-huh. um and he he was this kid that wrote it and i think he was 22 or 23 wow and he killed himself wow. uh four or five years later his mom was clearing out his room and found a novel that he had written it's just huge book i mean it's like 800 pages Are you gigantic and it's brilliant it's super funny really good Wow. Uh, she ended up getting it published and it became like a New York Times bestseller and like all these things. What? But it's like this kid like wrote this thing and never thought anybody would care to hear it or maybe just didn't want to share it with anybody. Yeah, right. Or stuffed it in his closet. Wow. You know? And it that those are the kind of things that always make me feel. And we did, like we collect records. So like right. this every record has a story. There's a reason why it didn't go that far. This, you know what I mean? Right. Or, I don't know if you've ever seen Saving Silverman or Finding Silverman or whatever. It sounds um, familiar, but I'm not sure. Another instance of a guy came out in the 60s and wasn't big in the States, became big in South Africa, and wow. he never knew it. And so years later, when he's like 80, he goes over, he gets, they find him and he goes over there and he's, you know, selling out coliseums. Wow. So, I mean, it's like, it's just this thing of there's these, everything has a wow. story behind it, you know, or like yeah. this depth to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I always, I, those kind of things always make me wonder. I wish that I could be that kind of artist that just had 10 albums and never released them. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. someone finds them when I'm dead and puts them out. Like, <laughs> it's just so much uh, more of a unique story, you know? It's romantic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 right? <laughs> uh, get lost in that kind of fantasy. Oh, yeah. I get that. I get that. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like that with my... Uh, I have like... I have 16 of these. Yeah. And like there's there's a good amount in them that I most people haven't no idea. I've shared a few little poems that I've written and stuff yeah. like that. But that stuff... It's just there. Yeah. <laughs> it's just there. I've got these are all mine. Nice. I've got maybe one actual notebook. Like if you added them all together, that's stuff that's been released. Yeah. You know what right. I mean? Right. Yeah. Like yeah. It, there's. I think that in the in these kind of scenarios, that comfort that you take and be like, you're just going through that action, like we talked about earlier. Right. And collecting those books and putting them back is just like, cool. I filled one. You know. Like, yeah. Let's fill another one. Yeah. And I was like, what are you going to do with them? You know what I mean? Like, you, you don't know, oh, no, but it fulfills that need. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So. It's very, what, what, it's such an interesting need to have. Um, what a tangent. How do you find the muse? Uh, I, th- I think I just try to pull. 
I write a lot of fiction, um, and I, I uh, early on I learned that you know I had a friend I'd read somewhere too, um, but I had a friend kind of talked to me about it, and then I read somewhere that a lot of writers, you know, develop characters, right? And mm. when they write, they write about something that's like a Frankenstein of everything, you know, thrown mm. together. Um, or like a Frankenstein's monster of everything thrown together. And mm. so like for me, I read somewhere that there was this, I don't know if it was Bob Dylan or somebody that was writing about this one idea, this one person that wasn't real. Mm. Um, and so early on, I made the choice to make up a person. So I made up a girl that wasn't real, and I would move through life and add all these characteristics about people that I would meet, mm -hmm. whether it be friends or relationships or anything like that, to this imaginary figure. Wow. Um, and she just, over the years, developed into, like, my, you know, that's who I write about. So I always try to put myself into the position of whatever I'm feeling about the world in correlation to her mm -hmm. when I'm writing a love song or something about those things, which right. is a lot of my music is that. Like yeah. I, I just find that there's a lot more to relate to in that scenario. So, uh -huh. and the vague, I've been trying to perfect my style, which I think is being vague, but vague, but very descriptive and relatable. Right. And I think that, you know, I know that if you can write a song that's extremely vague, but extremely relatable, uh, that's the best kind of song you can write because right. everyone can relate to it. Entirely. And if they relate to it, then they fall in love with it. Mm -hmm. And it's simple things. It's very easy things like, you know, mentioning small details that don't mean anything, but, you know, are universal. So, like, the light, the the dimness of the lamp in the room, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. All these things that somebody could find somewhere in their head to relate to something they've experienced. Mm -hmm. um, so, I think, with that being said, I think that I just kind of try to pull from my experiences in life. Mm. I think I definitely set myself up a lot of times in particular situations to be muses, to pull from them. Right. Um, I think there's a lot of times I just seek experience. For experience sake. For that, to yeah. draw on it. You know what right. I mean? I definitely have been in a handful of relationships in my life, and I've definitely used <laughs> the aftermath of those things right. to write about. Right, you know? right, right, right. And at the same time, I've fallen in love with people, and I've used that to write about. Entirely. But I think just life, you know, I just pull from life and I'm definitely starting to get to the point where I, I have a bunch of other projects working now that aren't rap. You oh, know, really? I'm not, yeah, not music necessarily. Good. Um, Diversifying. Yeah, I think we, we got a record deal this year or this last year with um, with a label that I liked as a kid. Oh, really? And so our next project's going to come out with them this year or the, the probably the beginning of next year, but... Mm -hmm. um, and I, I kind of feel like that's going to be, not the end, but a really strong, you know. Closing. Okay, let's let's start expanding on the other weird ideas we have. You know, this right. is kind of the end of a particular chapter. Yeah. We'll, we'll probably, I'm sure we'll do more stuff, but this is kind of the end all goal I've been yeah, trying yeah, to yeah. get to. Um, so I definitely feel like at this point in time, like, the muse is, you know, the well is definitely... Not dried up, but it's, you know, I'm, I'm pulling from it. Yeah. Mm. So. It's good. It's good self-awareness, I would say. Yeah. And I've, I mean, I've had, the last two years of my life have probably been the most difficult years I've ever had. So it's like. Really? Yeah. It's, it's definitely been, a, I have a lot to write about, for sure. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. So. It's good. It's good. 
my question just like out of all that and everything do you ever feel like um sometimes you find yourself in situations that you could have entirely prevented but you did it because of the music oh yeah completely <laughs> uh okay yeah. i think that's more just being in love with the world mm. like you know I, I don't think i think that the part i think that that's when i do th- when I'm in a scenario that's not good for me or right. healthy for me, yeah. and I continue down that road, yeah. I think it's just because some part of me enjoys all experiences, right? Whether they're traumatizing or helpful, or you know what I mean, or right? Because sometimes kissing the girl of your dreams is just as good as getting socked in the nose. You know what I mean? It's like right. they both have their own kind of meaning effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah, I think that. I definitely have done a tremendous amount of things unhealthy or things that I shouldn't have done to be a good human being. Right. I simply avoided making the right decision because of the experience was available. Right. For sure. You're like, yeah. oh, man. Yeah. I'm not going to say no. Yeah. No, why would you? It's very true. It's, you know? it's, it's very true. <laughs> um, how's the, how's the, this newest project going? Good. We're, uh, so we, like I said, we had, we, me and Finn both, we've been doing music for a long time together. And we had a really tough year this past couple of years mm. for a lot of different reasons. Mm. Um, and yeah, I think, uh, we've been going about it in a very organic way and we're starting to get to the point where we're actually starting to do a lot more work. Wow. Um, and we just weren't in the place yet and we're kind of in the place now to start getting the work done. So, you know, the past couple of months I've done, I've done more writing than I've done in a while um wow so yeah i mean we're in a good place we're moving forward with everything and i've got i don't know there's probably we probably have 15 to 20 songs that are working wow so out of that we'll probably end up getting 12 or 13 or 14 or something like that of course and that's a lot of it too you know like a lot of it's just getting the work out and then us both going over it picking what we like what we don't like right I mean, that whole process itself can take forever. You know, it can take months to that, get that figured that out. editing process. Yeah. And you're just, I mean, you're listening to it over and over and over and over. Especially with us because it's, you know, for me, an album isn't this song, this song. This, it's an entire It's the thing. whole thing. No, yeah, So entirely. every time I listen to it, it's from the very beginning all the way to the end. <laughs> you know, because I want to give people a whole piece. Yeah, of course. And that's daunting. That's yeah, a that's a lot. You know, you're talking <laughs> like an hour hour 20 minutes of stuff you know it's like Bro. Uh, yeah it's, it's a lot wow so it's it's coming it's coming around yeah does the project have a name uh it's gonna be called cicada cicada um there is a uh there's a particular breed of cicada that lives underground for like 17 years okay and then comes out and they die they basically their life cycles once they come out they live for like two weeks and then they pass away and die mm. um so th- this whole this next year will be 17 or 18 years. I think 18 years since we started. Wow. So the idea about, and it's our first major label release. So the idea wow. behind so it is that cicada. we're leaving the underground, coming out. Oh, wow. To live for that time frame. Wow. Yeah. That's, I like that. Yeah. That's cool. It's just super cool. It was one of those ideas that once I had it, I was like, this is a once in a life, artistically. This is great. A once in a lifetime, we could do this. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's so great. It's relatable. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's awesome. It, it, was it because of that, just because you knew that fact and because of your situation that you were like, you wanted to name it? That was a big part of it. Mm. Uh, another part is, you know, 
cicadas make this noise mm-hmm. to ward off enemies, you know? And it's like, I've always felt like what we do is to, to ward off evil within my life, is to mm. spread this energy in that same fashion, right. in that tone, through audio, you know, right. through music. Right, right, right. And, um, and to me, it's the cicadas are, pla- are places in my head. So, like, I'm from Oklahoma. My grandparents lived in Missouri. So, back there, it's like when you go to sleep at night, they put you to sleep. It's that sound. And here, it's like that. During the monsoons, after yeah. the monsoons in the summer, you go out right now, you hear them. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and that's... So these sounds are sounds of my home and sounds of who I am and sounds of what I'm from. That's cool. And so, like, it just encompasses, like... It really works everything. out, huh? Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Wow. And, there, you know, it's... That's what you want. Like, when it comes to a project, you want it... You want to be able to say something short... That says so many things. Yeah. You know. That's amazing. And that term says it. says it, man. It says a ton. That's so cool. Yeah. (laughs) Makes me excited. Uh, You know, it's crazy. I like, I don't, I don't know if this is real. I saw this on the internet, but apparently uh, there's like, um, the cicadas are having to deal with like this, uh, either a symbiosis or a parasite of a mushroom. Uh And like, so like their abdomens are essentially growing into like mushrooms and, like they they they've got like mushrooms like growing inside of yeah, them. Yeah, like a fungus growing. Like a on fungus them. growing on them, and they're producing a psilocybin and bath salts, and they're still Whoa. alive. Yeah, I know. Crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's just a random fucking fact. I'm oh, that's nuts, though, dude. Yeah. I just, I so are the are the cicadas just high on mushrooms and I, bath salts? I don't think it's affecting them. I think it's just like they have a, the, the roots of the mushroom, the mycelium. Yeah. And it's just like living within them. To, like oh, like wow. the, from what I saw or read was it wasn't really affecting them in any way they were just they were just like this oh wow a, a hybrid thing with a mushroom going out of its ass crazy dude <laughs> huh. yeah I thought, I thought that was a that was a crazy fucking you could thing. eat these cicadas and i mean you could but I, i'm worried about the bath salts part <laughs> yeah that, yeah that's true that's the, that could be only eat someone's uh, face too after you yeah, eat yeah you know i don't know i don't know i don't i wouldn't want to mix those, <laughs> those oh, how two, weird those, those two chemicals so you take that how you want. So Got it. Since your name is Cicada. It like, works too, man. I feel like we're, <laughs> we're carrying around all these weird effects on the world too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not necessarily affect by them. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> how weird. Just lean into the psilocybin more. Not right. The bass all aspect. <laughs> oh, uh, man. Yeah, I just wanted to give you that. Mostly with the cicada and everything. I thought it was a good little... I gotta look into that. Yeah, check it out. I like again, like I saw it like on Twitter real quick, and I was just like, "This is random." Yeah, but I like it. Yeah, like, I want to know more about no it. Sort of. So like, check into it. How weird. Could be fake. Who knows? But I mean, I it seemed like it was legit to me. So I was just taking it how it was. Um, we're like we're forty two minutes, man. Do you yeah. have any last words? Any anything you want to leave the people with? And if not, I mean, you can just tell them. Or to find you, essentially. Um, no, nah, we're excited. We got a really big year this coming year coming up, and I'm excited too. We're making, uh, trying to make. I'm trying to make the best piece of art that I've ever made. So that's kind of a daunting task, but uh, you know, I think it's the task needed. Yeah, and it, and it is like you know, it's a this is a pinnacle moment coming up for us, and, and yeah. So we've been a lot of people haven't heard from us in a while about a lot of that, and it's because we're putting in the work to get it done. So you know. Just excited. A lot of stuff going to happen this year. Um, mm. We'll be pretty active, so make sure you stay up on checking us out, I guess. 
Yeah. Um, you can find us on anything Javin Scientist. Um, there's the Instagram. It's the Facebook. Um, our website's up. You know, on Spotify. Please, if you listen to our music anywhere, you know, Spotify is a great choice. We get paid off of that. Like royalties are great with them. So like, I'm, wow. I kind of it's funny because we're booking our when we book our next tour and stuff like that. It'll be with companies like Spotify in mind as far as like pushing our numbers on those things. So that's awesome. Um, yeah, just jiving scientist Runsky on Instagram. Beautiful. That's pretty much it. Thank you so much, man. Yeah, of course, man. Thank you for words. You're inspirational. I fuck with your vibe. Try. Got it. You're great. Thank you guys for listening. And well, I'll catch you on the next one. But good luck on catching it. So <laughs> no, it is. yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Hey guys, hope you enjoyed that. A lot of fun. If you want to see Runt and Finn, you know, the German scientist, um, perform, they'll be they'll be performing tomorrow on Thursday, the sixteenth, at Congress. If you want to go see that, they're also going to be performing with Ojala, Ojala Systems. Shout outs. Um, I believe the main act is a uh, mouse. Powell? I don't know the guy. In all honesty, mm, I'm just more interested in the two first groups, Ojala and Jiving Sciences. So go check that out. Check, check that out. Uh, it's like uh, $14 at the door. It begins, doors open at 7. The show starts at 8. Um, yeah, guys. That's essentially the only really important announcement to make. Besides that, um, um, my Wednesday drops, they're probably going to end. Um, stay tuned. I'm going to be doing things and stuff like that. Um, but the podcast will be coming out fewer and farther between. I believe I said that correctly. Hopefully. If not, you know. Also, there are going to be other not really podcasts coming up on the feed. Go ahead and listen to them. They're going to be weird. Just a fair warning. Uh, hope you like them. If not, fine. You know, I'm still going to be making podcasts like I've been making. So, yeah. Um, yeah, guys. Again, thank you so much. I love you. I appreciate you. Um, 52? This was like the main objective. No, I'm not, no, I'm not stopping. But like it was like the main thing. When I began the thing, I was like, I'm going to do this for a year. Here I am. Hmm. Thank you. I'll see you in a week.